you have an advantage above six and seven figure entrepreneurs and network marketers. And what is that advantage? You have all the time and care and intentionality in the world to be as human to human with every single lead as possible. What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous Podcast. And my guest today, you're going to, you guys are going to freak out. You're going to want a notebook. My guest, Ruben and I, we are going deep on all things social media. Ruben and I met at an elite level mastermind uh, a couple of years ago. Him and his wife are just amazing entrepreneurs. They add so much value. They're always, always dropping a ton of like amazing content on their social medias. And we riffed today on all things social media. So if you are in your business right now and you're struggling to know like, okay, where do I put my time and effort? Like I am working so much and I'm working so hard. How can I work smarter, not harder? Ruben shares a couple of really amazing truth bombs in here about how he gets more done in six hours a day now in his business than he used to when he was working 12 hours a day. And we dive deep into how to leverage social media the right way and really focus on where you want to be in 90 days and how to focus on the activities that will actually get you there and utilizing social media as a way to do that. So he dives into a step-by-step process that you can use to turn cold market traffic into buying customers, especially if you're in your network marketing. We talk about how to spot a high quality lead and the average turnover. Like how long do I nurture these leads for? And we talk about TikTok going away and what you can do to protect your business when social media makes changes to the algorithm. So Ruben Drieger is a passionate entrepreneur helping the heart-centered business builders become savvy as well. Too many amazing entrepreneurs never make it because they don't get the business basics they need. And Ruben has helped over 400 entrepreneurs go full-time and beyond in the online space through getting better at business basics. I'm freaking geeking out over this episode. You guys are going to love it. Let's dive in. All right, Ruben, I am so excited that you are here on the Boldly Courageous podcast to bring a little masculine energy to the community. <laughs> and what I love about you is number one, you are so heart-centered. Like it's so you're so passionate about what you teach and what you do, even when you're talking about like tactical strategies. It's it always comes from such a heart-centered place. And and where I feel like we really see this and feel this is on your social media. Like you are 100% authentic in like the virtual world as you are in real life. Cause we've had an opportunity to connect in a mastermind that we were in together. And I was just always so blown away by how authentic you are in real life and how that translates into social media. So I'm just so, so grateful to have you have you here. Totally. Well, thanks for having me on. I say this probably on every podcast I'm on, but this is one of my favorite things to do is to just give free value and share. 
Um, and, and it's funny you bring the whole like masculine thing in because actually 80% of our clients are female. And I think it's because um, maybe it's not normal for guy business coaches to lead from the heart. It's more like, I don't know, rah-rah and all that. But anyways, besides that, I'm, I'm honestly excited to dive into everything today. Awesome. I love it. So tell me, what is one boldly courageous thing you've done recently? Ooh, boldly courageous thing. So um, we actually, my wife and I just moved across the country, which actually, honestly, we've been wanting to do for years. And I think we we were held back by different things that we finally realized maybe we're just like, you know, these are excuses. And so we, we moved across country in the midst of COVID and everything crazy going on. And so um, I guess that I'll count that as the one. Mm, I love that. And I think so often like our excuses are the things that keep us sitting in resistance, right? Like logistics or like being realistic about what it is that we want can mm-hmm. often, often keep us stuck. So what were some of the things that really came up for you guys when you were navigating through this move and how did you ultimately come to a decision despite the logistics, despite the fear or the limiting beliefs? Totally. So I think I think there was just enough time of us really wanting to do it that this kind of like uneasiness of like we just need to do something actually. And so I mean we were very tempted to wait till COVID actually died down, but we were just like, you know what? Like let's let's just do it because we've been holding it off for way too long. And so that whole like just getting uncomfortable and doing it. And honestly, we have no regrets that we did it. We're absolutely loving it. Um, but it was, it was, I mean, moving across country when some borders are open, some are closed, it's, it's a bit of a weird thing, but honestly, like so happy we did it. Mm. And I'm sure it's impacted your business, right? Because when you're, when you're in a place in life where you don't feel supported, where you don't feel aligned with the like physical container that you're mm-hmm. in, like, I know for me, my space is everything. And if I don't feel good in my space, it makes it so much harder for, for me to create. So now that you're in this new place and you're, you know, you're feeling more aligned, how do you think things are going? Like, how do you think that's impacted your business? And, and what are you most excited about right now? Totally. Great question. And there's a couple different layers. So this is the first time that we actually have a separate workspace than living space, because before it was just like work from home and we literally worked from home. Uh, so the first thing is now I have this separation and I actually, I know you guys are listening, not watching, but I have two phones right now. One that I take home, one that I leave at work. And so I don't take work home with me, which has been really, really great just for kind of, I mean, you can call it self-care or just like, like decompressing at the end of the day. That's like the first thing we've been able to have better boundaries. The second thing we moved to the mountains in like a bit of a smaller community, And so the ability to just disconnect and like really get present like before work and after work is a lot easier. And I've just found myself um, just not being as stressed out about certain things as I used to be just because I think I have that disconnect um, where I can work crazy hard in the day. I work, I, lots of people know, I only work six hours a day, but I work like insanely hard and then I just disconnect really hard. And so those couple of things I think just have been honestly really, really changing. Disconnection is so hard for entrepreneurs. Like, I think that's not really something that people talk about as much Mm because it's not as sexy as like, you know, the hustle and, you know, the wins and the numbers and the metrics. I know you're really into, into all that. And also I feel like part of leading a heart centered business is leading a business that supports your lifestyle, like building your Mm -hmm. business around your life, not your life around your business. And I know that's something that is really important to you is like teaching, you know, 
really heart-centered entrepreneurs, like how to be business savvy. And I'm sure part of that is time management, efficiency, mm-hmm. which doesn't always sound super sexy, right? <laughs> it's not like sexy when you talk about time blocking. But um, I love that you talked about only working six hours a day because I know mm-hmm. when I started network marketing and then I became an entrepreneur, it was not six hours a day. I mean, I did it full time because I didn't have a job. Right. It was wake up in the morning, 7 a.m., sit at the counter in my PJs. And by three, I was lucky if I even ate breakfast because I was still working my little tail off. So how do you manage six hours a day and then you can actually shut off? Like I remember, you know, like I would have fear around what if somebody's in my DM? What if I lose out on a sale? So how how have you gotten to that point? Totally. It, it hasn't been easy. I didn't start this way. So this isn't, this isn't my chapter one or my chapter 10. This is whatever I'm at chapter 30 or whatever. Um, like a lot of like, well, when I started, I was working 12, 16 hours a day. Now that wasn't healthy. And in, in all retrospect, like, actually, I think I get more work done now in six hours than I used to get done in 12 hours. And I think it comes down to a couple things. The first thing is a lot of people do busy work. And people are always like, well, what is busy work? Busy work is things that you do, activities that you do in your day-to-day that actually don't move you closer to where you want to go. And these could be, I mean, these could be just focusing on the wrong things, focusing on too many things at once. Um, There's there's a bunch of different things whenever we work with someone, like we literally look at their calendar and usually we cut out about 20% of what they do because it's not really going to move you forward. And so that's, that's the first thing that we do is like, we really, we work on like the getting rid of the busy work, because when you say no to things um, that seem important, but actually aren't, you have time to do other stuff that's actually important. And so that's, yeah, that's the thing. So I didn't start working six hours a day. I got to the place where I actually slowly narrowed down my window and what it did. And I learned this from one of my mentors. He always said that limitation creates acceleration where he said, if you have less time to do something, either you'll find a more productive way to do it, or you'll get creative and outsource it so that someone else does it and you can do other things with your time. And so when you have only a certain amount of time, you get really creative and either you, and yeah, there's times when I'm like, oh, I wish I had more time to work, but then I'm like, you know what? I should hire someone. And so that's, that's usually how we walk through it. Um, when you're a new entrepreneur, some people have a little bit more time, but it's still learning how to st- say no to those things, be really productive with the things that actually help you get closer towards your goals. Mm, I know this is, uh, this was a huge like mindset shift for me because, oh, I want to do everything and nobody can do it better than me. And I have to do all the things right. Mm-hmm. Um, those were some, some big blocks that I had to work through in my business. I still, I mean, I'm still, we always are working through some sort of limiting belief, right. Mm-hmm. That keeps us busy, not productive. And the way that busyness shows up for me is resistance, right? So if I have a big goal or a big launch or something that feels scary and uncomfortable, I'll get into the busy work. And I'll say yes to all the things so that mm-hmm. I don't have time or energy to do the thing I really need to do because it's scary and it's totally. and doesn't feel good, right? And like doing all the busy work feels easy and then my ego loves it because I can check the things off my list and I can feel accomplished mm-hmm. and I can feel productive. But, um, but so I can imagine how when you can really sit down and like get honest with everything you're doing mm-hmm. and start paying attention to can somebody else do this? what are the things that only I can do in my business and start delegating everything else? It, 
like it creates so much more freedom. And I think one of the mistakes I know I made early on in my business and a lot of people make early on in their business is they start using the income from their business to pay themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. So obviously we all want to get paid. Right. And we want to, we're working for something, but I think that when like to your point, if I could go back and do it all over again, I would have taken the income that I earned for my business and reinvested it back into hiring someone to do the things that I like to do all the stuff that uh, somebody else could do. And then just focus mm-hmm. in on what are the things that only I can do because my income would have grown so much faster. It would have been totally way more efficient. Right. So mm-hmm. speaking of busy work, I want to talk about social media because I know this is like a major zone of genius for you. And I know for me personally, I've had this limiting belief that social media is a time suck and you know all this stuff. And that feels like busy work. And right. also we're content creators, right? Social media is my job. So I want to talk about like, how do we discern between using social media as actual revenue generator? And then where do we fall down the trap of it just being busy work? Totally. So, and and the beauty of this is that it's so specific to each person. So I'm going to kind of, I'll reverse engineer this for everyone listening. So if you're listening to this, this is the part where you want to take a, a note pad out and like a pen. So the first thing you want to understand, and I always like to set up like the classic, like a 90 day from now, where do you want to be? And the reason being is because honestly, anything past 90 days from now is, is a wild guess. The, the 2020 showed us that for, for sure. And so think about, okay, 90 days in your business, whether you're a network marketer or an online entrepreneur, where do you want to be in 90 days? Okay. Now we want to look at key performance indicators. So maybe that's like revenue amount per month. Maybe it's clients per month. Okay. Where do you want to go and where are you at right now? What's, what's, what's basically the roadmap to get to where you want to go. Okay. So that's the first thing. So now I understand, okay, maybe you're at $2,000 per month and you want to get to $5,000 per month. And that's going to mean you need to get one new business builder a week, a couple clients a week, whatever it might look like. Then, so you now have a weekly target of what you want to hit as far as an outcome. Okay. So we have an outcome goal on a weekly basis. Now you want to understand what on social media, what activity will create the outcome. This, this is really important. And this is everyone that we work with. We have a weekly metrics tracker because we want to understand what do you do exactly every single week to create the results you want every single week that will lead to the months and years that you want to have in business. And so we start there. We don't even start talking about content creation. We don't talk about stories or lives or Facebook groups yet, because if you don't know this, you don't know if what you're doing on social media is helpful. And I'll, I'll share a couple examples. So there's a couple of different people we've worked with um, in our marketing or as online entrepreneurs who they come to us and say, hey, I want to get to this goal. And we ask them, okay, where did your last 10 clients or your last five business builders come from? Like, tell me, where did they come from? And they're like, oh, they all came from this one area. And we asked them, okay, how much time and energy out of your week are you spending on that area? And they'll say maybe 10, 20%. And then we'll ask them, where are you spending the other 90, 80%? And they're like, oh, on this other social media thing, on here, on there. And what most people don't realize is that usually the path to get more is already in front of you. You just are focusing on so many things because maybe you've been told there's other things to focus on. 
So when you're coming up with a customized social media plan for you, the first thing you need to do is actually know your numbers, actually know what you want to get done on a weekly basis, actually know where your clients and business builders are actually coming from. Once we know the data, so that's what I mean by data. So now we have all this data. Now we can synthesize it into uh, what do I do every single day on social media? And it looks different for people. Like some of the people we work with, they, they're, they're getting all their clients from TikTok. Some people it's from LinkedIn. Lots are from Instagram. Lots are from Facebook. But you want to figure out what platform you want to use and is it going to be helpful with where you want to go? So we start there. I mean, there's so much extra layers to that, but I don't want to dive in too deep because I want to make sure that we get all, all, the, all the questions that you got answered. So that's how we start. Um, content creation, what you do on the back end is a whole other game. Like we can, we can run through all of that. I can, I can go step by step, but I just wanted to start there. Mm, so good. I love that you said the path to more is already in front of you. Like that's solid gold. I wrote that one down. I put a star next to it. Right. Cause it's, it, again, it goes back to what we were saying before about, you know, uh, limitation creates acceleration that like mm-hmm. when you start asking yourself like, okay, where did these last five clients come from? And then you realize, okay, they came from over here, but I'm putting all my energy over here. It, you step back and go, Oh, okay. How can I work smarter, not harder? Right. How, mm-hmm. and, and also I feel like, especially in network marketing, there's this idea that like it has to be done a certain way because that's how it's been taught to you. But so if somebody like, I remember my network marketing company, like the veterans I'm using air quotes, right. The people that have been around for 20 years were super resistant to social media because they believed everything had to be toe to toe, like face to face, the in-person. Right. And I'm going, well, that doesn't work in this day and age. People that are doing network marketing or, you know, somewhere between 28 to 35 years old, for the most part, they're on social media. Mm -hmm. So just because somebody else is telling you to go to a local networking event, because that's worked for them, but you got your last five people on Instagram, doesn't mean you should go to a networking event, right? If this is working for you, do it. So I love that you, I love that you shared that because I think sometimes we can get caught up in the way we're quote unquote, supposed to be doing it. But when we really look at what's working for us Mm -hmm. and, and like narrow that down and focus in, man, you, you have success so much, so much quicker. So totally, I love it. I love that. So let's talk about, okay, now that I know that, um, okay. So I figured out a platform, right. Whether it's LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. I want to talk about TikTok. We'll bookmark that. I want to come back to that. Um, but you know, okay. I figured out the platform it's Facebook groups or it's Instagram. Now, like how do I stand out? Right. Cause I see so many people saying, okay, I don't know what to post. Do I have to post every day? Do I need to use hashtags? Like there's mm-hmm. so many things, right? <laughs> Good question. So, so let's dive into this. The first thing is you don't need to do anything. And the, the, the reason I say that is a lot of people come up with what we call cookie cutter, do this, success, what happened? <laughs> um, and, it, it's, it, and some of the things like posting consistently, is it a good business practice? Yes. However, I know people who post once a week and make 30,000 a month. And so, um, so now I do not hear that and be like, yes, I only have to post once a week. That might not be true for you. Okay. I always like to say there's like, and I'm looking at the mountains right now out of my window. Like there is probably a dozen ways to go up this mountain. There's not just one path. Right. And so 
When you're on a platform, how we think about, especially for network marketers, is in in a very similar way to other online entrepreneurs, you do want to get somewhat niched down. Now, the whole idea of getting niched down became so popular, I think people swung way too hard becoming way too niche, to be completely honest. And then people were always like overwhelmed and anxious about, am I niched enough? No, no, no. Just get decently niched, okay? Like know kind of the demographic you're talking to, their pain points. Like the major things is that you're just solving a really big problem in someone's life and you're helping them get to the next level of where they want to get to in life. That's that's really the main thing. Like if it's network marketing, uh, if it's a health and wellness company, like you're helping people get healthier. What's their big problem? They want X and Y goal. Like don't, don't make it so like niche and special and like perfectly written. Like you don't need to do that. Um, oftentimes I talk about necessities versus optimizations. A necessity is just that you're decently niched. An optimization could be that you're crazy niched. You don't need an optimization. You just need an assessor. So that's the first thing is coming up with a bit of a niche of where you're going to go in. Now, the beauty of being in network marketing and being new to the game, you have an advantage that no one talks about that you have an advantage above six and seven figure entrepreneurs and network marketers. And what is that advantage? You have all the time and care and intentionality in the world to be as human to human with every single lead as possible. You have that because the seven-figure network marketer is not going to be as intentional and caring with each lead as you can be. Think about that's your unfair advantage as a young, earlier stage network marketer. And so you want to really treat, and I always talk about social media really should be just a human to human interaction. Um, And when I think about network marketing on social media, I actually basically mirror how it worked in person in the past, where there's one-to-one meetings, where there's group events, and we actually take those same things and we bring it into the online space. Um, So we do that quite often. There's a couple of things that we do, but that's the main way to start standing out is to be niche and then just actually care more than anybody else. I know some of the network markers that we've worked with, we get them to when they're, when they're like chatting with leads to create three to five minute videos specifically for each lead, or they'll use like a loom or a zoom video where a lot of people used to send company videos to people. Um, Company videos are so edited and stuff like, yeah, they're not a bad thing, but someone wants to hear from you because they're they're really buying into you at the end of the day. Yes, they're they're buying into a company, but they're buying into you first. And so, like, take videos of yourself and send it over to them. Be super intentional about providing value to someone's life. Um, and when you do that, again, you stand out above and beyond what someone else could do. Mm. Amen to that. Um, you are speaking my language right now about the value piece and the connection and the person to person and like it really pains my heart when I see someone copy and paste a message. Totally. It literally like, I remember seeing this in my organization because this is what happens, right? When you're in a network marketing company, 95% of your like social media feed is your network marketing company. Mm -hmm. So I would see this awesome post from someone. I'm like, wow, that is so good. Like so creative, so thoughtful, like great. And I would like it. And then I would scroll and then I would see the exact same post. And now I'm going, well, man, who's the one that actually posted it? And who's the one that copied (laughs) it? And I don't know. And 
you know, that's, it just leads to this like massive inauthenticity. So I love what Mm. you're sharing about like the human to human connection and sending an actual video. And, you know, because yeah, of course, like the videos from the company are compliance and they're edited and all that. But again, like people want real, they don't want generic. Right. So let's talk about real versus generic for a second. Mm -hmm. I get a gazillion messages in my inbox (laughs) all the time. From like, mostly it's mostly from social media marketers. They're like, grow your Instagram following to 10 K. Of course. And these people never use my name. They're always like, Hey, great profile. And then every now and then I'll get a, an Instagram message from someone in network marketing. That's like, Hey girl, or yo, what's up? Or, Hey, you know, and I'm like, they don't even use my name. So Mm -hmm. for the brand new person, that's just getting into network marketing. You said that they have an advantage, which I, th- I agree with. Yeah. How do you start to build cold market relationships on Good social? Question. Like what's the process for that? Yeah. I love that. And that this, this, this is like probably one of my most favorite things to talk about, which is, and, and we, we call it a funnel and don't, don't get in your head that like funnel means click funnels or pay traffic. It doesn't mean that funnel is just how does someone start to know you? for the first time to becoming a paid client, what's that path, right? We can call it the client journey, a value chain, the funnel. I love this topic so much because this is the actual meat and potatoes, as it were, unless you're vegan, (laughs) um, of, of getting a client because people don't understand. To get a client, they first need to come into your audience. The second thing is they need to get warmed up or they become what we call a qualified lead. Then they need to get like a hot lead, which is a very well-nurtured lead, provided a lot of value. And then we sell to them. There's actually a step-by-step process of how to do this. And you can reverse. We, this, is, this is the weekly metrics I was talking about before. We actually track new cold leads, new warm, new hot, new closed every single week. And we have activity, which that's what a system is for every single one of those places. Now that's getting granular. I know, and I'm going to back out a little bit. Um, so let's talk about cold, new market where how do we get these people and this is what we call building a targeted audience um, it's it's basically an audience growth strategy but you do it in a way that's targeted and you do it different than the mass majority of people are doing basically in the online space a really smart thing always is to play the counter move so when everyone's sending mass copy and paste messages go send the more qualitative messages. Now, the, the funny thing is, if everyone starts doing qualitative messages, they'll actually become very, it'll become the same thing. People will be like, a oh, qualitative message, but I get 10 of those a day. So it's gonna be interesting to see where it goes. But right now, what's working really well is, and we actually do this quite a bit, a lot of people are adverse to like messaging people. I don't think you should be adverse if you're doing it the right way. So like, for instance, if I came across, let's say her name is Sarah's profile, like let's say I'm in a health and wellness network marketing company. I'm not, by the way, but let's say I was, um, and I wanted to get more business builders to sell these products. Um, basically I would be like, okay, hey, who are the right people? I would go look for high quality health and fitness accounts within the demographic that I want to get as team builders. Like I'm looking for high quality people. One of the things, this, this piece of advice goes for all of business is every single person you're trying to talk to, are they like a 10 year long client or business builder? Think of them like, like, could I see myself working with this person for a decade? Like if not, then um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a waste of your time, even if they do sign up, but then they'll drop off in three months. 
So quality, quality, quality. So I go find these people. How do you find these people? I mean, I think it's fairly easy on Instagram, whether it's searching through hashtags, whether it's searching through uh, your explore feed or whatever it is, like super easy. There's even, um, there's a website called search. Uh, I think it's search.mybio. And basically what you can do is you can search keywords and it will filter through all Instagram people who have certain words in their bios, right? So really simple tool to use. If you're looking for health and fitness type health and fitness, you can, you can filter it to certain accounts and it will like populate all the people that have that in their bio. Great way to find quality leads. Now, what you want to do is um, a classic thing that a lot of people do is kind of like, like comment, follow, right? Get their attention a little bit. Now, what we do in addition is we send a very, very qualitative message to these people. And so, and by the way, the strategy I'm about to explain is not the only way to build a targeted audience. This is one way. Actually, our clients will use dozens of different ways. This is just one way that, that we do quite often. We'll send them a message and we'll actually read a couple of their posts and we will encourage them on some of their posts. Say, I love that idea. Thank you so much for sharing that. Like the world needs more people sharing this idea and this principle of how you're doing things. Like we're super, super relevant to what they're doing. And then we ask them some questions about themselves. Maybe it's how long have you been doing this? Like, hey, how has business been since 2020 and COVID hit us like crazy? So we're being encouraging for one. So Basically, it's like a compliment, encouraging. We're being relevant. We're saying how we love their stuff. Um, obviously, be truthful with it. Don't lie just to get a lead. Um, and then we're asking questions and we start to get into a conversation. That's how we get someone who doesn't know about us at all to follow us and probably start having, even if it's just a little conversation and then it ends for a little bit, that's totally fine. You got a new targeted audience member into your audience. And so that's one way to do it. Like I said, there's a dozen other ways. There's TikTok, there's the different ideas to, to, to make it happen. And so that's one way to make it happen. Mm, so good. I love it. And it's, it's really focusing on the connection, like mm -hmm. finding a connection point, um, using the person's name, you know, engaging in an actual like relationship. You know, if somebody were to just walk up to you on the street and be like, Hey, do you want to buy my stuff? You'd be like, I don't even know you like get out of my space, bro. Like back up. Right. So how long on average does it take to convert a cold market, cold market person? Like how long is this, is this, is this a long-term strategy? Is this a short-term strategy? Do you ghost them if they, you know, they're not quality? Like how long do I nurture this person for? Good question. So basically, um, what you want to do is you want to understand that out of let's let's say 100 people that you have a conversation with, only about three to five of them are going to buy right away. Um, and it's just because there's there's people that are in different lanes, as it were, as far as like if they're ready to buy or not. And so you want to understand that, yes, there will be some instant results from the work that you do. Fabulous. That's great, right? Like when someone's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for messaging. I love this post. Hey, you do this and give people that results. You know what? I actually really like that. Like that will happen. When that happens, you're going to be tempted to be like, I'm so incredible. This is so easy. And you should celebrate all that good stuff. However, for majority, probably about 70% of the people you're going to talk to, they're going to, if you do things right, they're going to buy from you in three to six months. And it's just, it's just the way it is because they need to get to know you like you trust you, like a lot of people will tell you. And it takes some time. Now, the, the key important thing with this is understanding 
you need to be intentional in that relationship for three to six months in order for the fruition of it to happen. And a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I can't keep messaging this person back and forth for three, six months. And there's true. There's different ways to what we call long-term nurture people. Um, Facebook groups are an excellent way to do that. Um, just your, like if you're on Instagram, just your Instagram feed and stories could do it. Um, email list is a really great way to do it. Podcasting is a great way when they subscribe for you to long-term nurture. So the way we actually set it up is we always give our clients. So we have, we have four different stages. So we say, okay, where are we growing the audience from? Then what are we giving them like a value piece to make sure they're a qualified lead and they're interested. Once they are qualified, we actually get them into some sort of nurture sequence, which again, could be a podcast, could be a Facebook group, could be an email, could be just your social media. But that is something that's going to long-term keep dripping value on them. Um, and so, yes, you can get clients really fast by doing these different strategies. However, you want to build something long-term because my question always to people is, in 10 years, do you want this to be still around and doing better than ever? Or do you kind of just want to do this for a couple of years and then stop it? And if you just want to do it for a couple of years and stop it, cool, do quick, fast tactics to get money and whatever you want. Um, but if you want to build something long-term, make sure that every part of your business is built for that. Yeah, this is really good. And I think three to six months is reasonable, like more than, and sometimes it just takes longer. It depends on the person and the industry mm -hmm. that you're in. You know, I was in the health and wellness industry and, and fitness industry and my niche, my market was fitness entrepreneurs. Cause I was right. one and I knew that they had influence, they had credibility and they had a need right on multiple levels. So mm -hmm. if I wanted to prospect a gym owner, I had to know that gym owners get prospected all the time. Oh, yeah. Right. So like, like you were saying, like how to spot a high quality lead, like somebody that is going to have longevity for 10 years. Like, let's say you are in a hair care company and you're going after salon owners that you got to know that they're getting approached all the time by oh people gosh. to sell stuff because yeah. they see opportunity. Right. So, you know, having that, that like six month plus time frame to nurture is so important. You have to build a relationship. You have to build trust and you have to know that even if they don't join your team, that you still actually would want to be friends with this person because there's a possibility oh. that they won't join, but they might refer and they're going to, they're only going to do business with you if they trust you. And they think that you genuinely want like to be involved. So I love, love that you talked about that. Oh, totally. No, it's, I mean, it's like from a very human standpoint, like as much as I love like business metrics and numbers and understanding this relationship, like my goal is to lead it to a place where money is exchanged. Like even yeah. like it's, 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 you need to find the balance where you can pour into somebody with the knowledge that this might not end in that exchange. And you need to understand that that's not like a waste of time. And it's not like a waste of your energy and your heart and all those things. It actually is, it's, it's you're honing your craft and you're actually at the end of the day building relationships that different things could happen down the road, right? Some people that didn't become clients of mine went on and did some great things. And now guess what? They're working for me. And so some people have referred. I mean, there's someone that joined a program the other week and they were referred by someone who I've just been valued to for the last six months. They haven't signed up, but they referred someone who signed for a program on Saturday. And so at the end of the day, you might feel discouraged sometimes by how much you're giving. But I want to I want to really remind you that like the law of reciprocation, which is the more value I give out to the world, it will come back. It always does. 
it just might not look the way you think it necessarily will look like. Yes, if we get really focused, really clear, most of it will come back in the way you think. Mm. But there'll always be some that comes back in different ways and different times than you'll expect. And that's okay. Mm. I, um, I love that you're talking about this too, because value can be perceived and success can be perceived in so many different ways. And sometimes mm. we have an expectation of how it's supposed to look. And then it yeah. shows up in an unexpected way. Like my business partner, who is like, one of my best friends, Sandy Bo, you know, Sandy, Yes. I uh, met her at a fitness competition and we connected on Facebook. And two years later, I saw that she checked into a coffee shop in my hometown. Like I had no idea that she even lived in New York. Right. And I sent her a message basically trying to recruit her into my network marketing company. And basically I, I like, I want to get to know you. You seem like an amazing person. I'd love to share this opportunity with you. And she politely declined the opportunity but she accepted the opportunity to get to know me better. And yeah. through that process, we ended up starting a company together, completely outside of network totally. marketing. Totally. And we started Ladies Align together, right? So it was like, uh, the, I, I would have much rather have started that company with her than have her join my network marketing company and then maybe quit a couple months later because it so wasn't funny. a good fit for her, right? So yeah. it's just all about um, being open to receive success mm -hmm. and results in ways in which which maybe totally. you hadn't you hadn't expected before so it's funny actually you mentioned that I, I i just realized i have a story very similar where this was like three years ago i was i was business coaching and i was prospecting a guy and he was like you know what i'm actually thinking of transitioning to business coaching myself so like i didn't get him as a client but here we are three years later we now chat every single week Plus, we're actually we're launching a business, and I'm I'm not talking about this business at all on social because we're trying to do it without social. We're launching a business this month together, and it's just been it's been incredible. And if I would have just given up on the relationship, I would have missed out on so much of this, right? And so, and sometimes to be completely frank, very very frank, some relationships that you put a lot of energy in actually will go nowhere, and they actually will. You won't see a return on those relationships. However, I do believe, and this is more of like a, a woo-woo thought, is I believe that you will see a return from other places, not necessarily those channels, but you'll see it return somewhere and you might, whatever, you might be like, oh, this amazing thing happened in my life. Maybe this happened because I've been doing so much. You might not be able to connect the dots, but I truly, I have a, I have a high belief it does come back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it teaches you about communication, teaches you about boundaries. I mean, I have so many relationships that I've had in my life. And I'm like, I really could have done without that. And I learned a valuable lesson about what I do want by going through what I don't want. Right. So I agree with you on that. And you mentioned something earlier about like a customer value journey or driving like yeah. cold traffic into something, whether it's an email list an opt-in, a Facebook group, or just social media in general. And I want to talk about TikTok for a second, because I'm going to bring these two things together. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so Social media in general has been the new norm when it comes to building a business and in a traditional sales funnel, right? You have some sort of opt-in where like somebody comes mm -hmm. to your Facebook page or they come to your Instagram page, or they see your content through an ad, they click on something, they join an email list, and then you get to nurture the person from there. So this is just like sales funnel 101. Yeah. But with social media now, like you can kind of skip that, right? I mean, I know I've built a multiple six figure business without even having a website because Instagram is my website. Totally. And we're seeing right now in the media what's happening with TikTok. It's going to be banned soon. Like we're not going to have access mm -hmm. to it. And you see these influencers that have millions of followers on TikTok. Now, what do you do when your social media platform goes away? So 
I'm curious to know, like, how can somebody utilize social media as a tool, but what is this, like, what happens if Instagram goes away or the algorithm changes? How do you capture those leads in a way that will actually make sense for you in the long term? Totally. So, so there's a couple points here that I think are really important to understand is um, when new platforms come around, um, definitely, I think people should jump on them and try to do their best because, I mean, obviously every platform when it starts, the algorithm is in your favor. It was the same with Google when Google started. It was the same thing with Facebook, same thing with Instagram, same thing with TikTok, same thing. Like it'll just keep on going when it starts. They push organic reach, and I and I always recommend go on to it as soon as you can, um, because might as well take advantage of free marketing when you can. However, you have to understand that there's always different plays in your business. There's always short plays and there's always long plays. So TikTok, especially for a lot of our clients, was a short play to drive a ton of traffic. Lots of my clients gained thousands of followers on Instagram because of their TikTok. Lots of them got clients off of TikTok and therefore now have a base where they can get referrals from, re-signs from, et cetera. So I, I'm never against new features. I mean, the new feature on Instagram that came out, Reels. I mean, if you're on Instagram, I would definitely utilize. I mean, got great reach. Like my normal videos are getting like a couple hundred views. My Reels are getting a couple thousand. So utilize it when it's there. So understand that there is always the short game to play and play it well. Um, then there's always the long game. The long game is definitely you do want to own platforms and platforms such as podcasts and email lists are really great examples. And also texting is getting into the game where you have people's phone numbers. So even though a lot of like the people that we work with don't get majority of their clients through their email list or through their podcast, we still encourage them to be building it because in five to 10 years from now, it's going to be massive and then it's going to be very helpful. Now, the last thing that I will say is the beauty of doing organic social media the right way is that it will work on every platform, no matter what, no matter what algorithm, because the algorithm just changes the frequency of posts that you see, the amount of reach it gets, etc. You going to find your targeted audience, having conversations with them, literally the algorithm never changes that. And so the reason I love that is because I can do it on Facebook. It's just as effective on Instagram. It's just as effective on LinkedIn. So one of the things we always talk about is business systems that don't change with the times. Um, and the same thing like that I'm doing on Instagram with sending these messages to people, 20 years ago, people were doing this by getting emails off of Google websites and emailing people. It's no different. It just is packaged, the mechanism, the platform's a little bit different. And so I always look at like principles and business that I can take wherever I go, but I also then I'm thinking about the short play and the long play. So those are the three things I'm always holding in balance. And yeah, sometimes do I get the balance a bit off? Yeah, for sure. Like I'm, I'm not perfect for sure, but those are the three things I think about. Mm, it's like the macro view and then you hone it down in on like, what are the micro components of it? So exactly. I love the way you think Ruben, and it's obviously very strategy driven, which I think is so important. And, you know, there's so many people out there that are creative entrepreneurs or their network marketers that just literally fly by the seat of their pants. And with just a few of these small tweaks of really looking at the macro picture and then getting more micro with it, I can totally see how they would very quickly be able to scale and grow much faster, attract their ideal clients, actually convert followers into customers and, you know, be on their way to hitting those high ranks and having time freedom and financial freedom and all the reasons why people get into business in the first place. Right. So if, 
if listeners want to get into your energy, they want to get into your programs, it sounds like you have some really great resources and tools. How can they find you, follow you and and connect? Yeah, I think the best place, honestly, is we run a really great Facebook group where we have we have a couple thousand people in and I pump a new workshop and new workbooks in there every single week. We have something like five dozen of them in there. Um, and the reason being is I want people to join a really great community and it's, it's called online coaches uprising. Cause I like to think I'm leading a little bit of like an uprising of like the heart centered and business savvy. It's whatever it's, it's the vibe we're going for. Um, and so we have a ton of free stuff in there. And my goal really is for you to come in and learn a lot of these business systems and more of the tactical stuff that we've talked through today and even get some clients for free. It's always, it's always been my thing of like, Hey, if I can help you get a couple of clients, a couple of business builders for free, then you might be interested in actually getting into our coaching. So I would say first go check out the free stuff before you think of working with us. Cause I want you to make sure that you actually are like, I like this. Um, so check that out. I mean, you can follow us on Instagram. It's just Ruben Drieger. Um, very, very simple. Nothing, nothing, nothing to it. Um, so that would be probably the two areas. Awesome. I'm going to join because this you has been should. amazing. And I'm like, Hey, I need all the Instagram help I can get. Right. Cause Social media is, you can go down a rabbit hole, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to um, work less and make more. So I know if (laughs) if I can set my limitation to create acceleration, then why not follow the path of least resistance? Um, Ruben, thank you for sharing your genius. It's clear that you love this. It's clear that this is your passion and you actually make it so easy to understand. So thank you so much. And guys, if you love this episode, make sure you share it. Tag Ruben, tag tag me on Instagram, share it with a friend. And Ruben, last question. Mm-hmm. What are you celebrating right now? Oh, that's good. You know what? Actually, <laughs> I'm celebrating my wife's birthday. I'm taking her away this weekend to like a really cool hotel here by one of the one of the lakes in the mountain here. So in, in a very physical way, like real way, I'm actually going to be celebrating her birthday. So uh, that should be fun. Mm, I love that. Well, please send her my love and all of the well wishes. Happy birthday to you, Terry. And Ruben, thank you so much for being here. And guys, until the next episode, live your boldly courageous life. Bye. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It is truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to fully step into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes and leaving me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.